0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kastramitz. I am joined by Jeffrey Flanagan, and we are going to review the Royals' offseason. Uh, it began, of course, in the glow of that World Series title, uh, which was won in Game 5 at City Field. And, and Jeffrey, Game 5 was November 1st. And in the three or four days following that, uh, Ben Zobris becomes a free agent. Johnny Cueto becomes a free agent. Ryan Matson, Franklin Morales, Chris Young, Alex Gordon, of course, uh, Jeremy Guthrie and Alex Rios. Now, if I had told you at that moment, you know, first week of November, uh, that the Royals would not only retain Alex Gordon, retain Chris Young, uh, but add the way they have uh, with Ian Kennedy, of course, in the rotation, Uh, I I mean, I think that would have qualified as a pretty surprising uh, series of developments. We knew, obviously, a championship-caliber club wants to rebuild or, or, excuse me, reload. But uh, I think Gordon in particular would have caught us off guard. And then to know that not only are they going to have the the wherewithal to to bring back Gordon, but to to make additional additions on top of that is is pretty surprising in retrospect.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really went back and forth on the Gordon thing. I mean, I, I remember toward the end of the playoffs that, you know, a lot of people were asking me what I thought, and I just kind of kept thinking, you know, as close as Dayton Moore and, and Alex are, that I just couldn't imagine him being in another uniform. Uh, but then when you start looking at the economics of it, and uh, how Dayton kept telling us that, you know, the payroll is going to be not go up significantly from last year's opening day payroll, and I'm doing the math, and I just couldn't quite picture it. But you know, sure enough, they made it happen, and and you mentioned Chris Young. I think we all knew that one was going to happen right away because yeah. uh, he was such a. You I know, mean, Dayton called him the MVP of the pitching staff. <clears throat> you know, in the in the playoffs and maybe even during the regular season too because of his versatility. So that one was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, and you know, the other guys, uh, we pretty much knew they weren't going to you know do anything with Cueto and Zobrist was going to be out of their range and Guthrie wasn't even on their postseason roster. Uh, Rios was you know. You know, hurt most of the time and, um so those things all you know didn't surprise us but the, and you mentioned Ian kennedy that's the one that you know surprised us and that's when we are going to have to keep the closest eye on because that's such an unusual deal for the royals to make uh so uncharacteristic to uh you know commit that much money to a guy who's probably a middle of the rotation guy and and to give him three club options uh i mean three player options and um yeah. But you know they they have they have uh, maintained that they really want to get more innings out of their starters, and he's a guy who two years ago sucked up 199 innings, so uh, they're they're kind of counting on that.
1: Well, and yeah, you mentioned the the way the Kennedy contract is structured: the, the first two years guaranteed, and then it's basically up to the player. Um, but really, that just kind of speaks to the importance of these next two years we talked about before. I mean, the Royals are very much they're all in uh, on this window of time, this window of opportunity with what has obviously been proven to be a championship-caliber core.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, with a lot of, there's, there's potentially several guys, you know, Kane, Moustakis, Haas, who, who could leave after 2017. But in you know, the way this thing is, this organization is built, you know, by then, it, it'll be time for some of the younger guys, the Starlings, the Zimmers, the El Montes, um, and maybe even you know, Brett Eibner. Those guys have to come up. You have to keep rebuilding from within. Um, Dayton has said many, many times that, you know, building a team through free agency is a flawed system, and especially for a small market team. So um, they, they do have this window where they're going to have the, the basic core. But, uh, you know, even beyond 2017, you're still going to have Perez, you're going to you know have Gordon, you're going to have Ventura um, and some other guys. And, and, you know, like I said, that'll be the time that, you know, they'll need their farm system to produce some more starters. I guess one thing that that shouldn't surprise us,
1: Jeffrey, is that uh, they they did go after bullpen, uh, you know, reinforcing that bullpen once right. again uh, as they did a year ago after coming off the AL pennant, and this time, uh, uh, yeah, I, we all knew Greg Holland uh, was was going to be non-tendered uh, given his rising price tag and of course the surgery they will keep him out of commission, but uh, uh, bringing in Joaquin Soria in a very thin. Uh, free agent market thin enough that, as we saw, Ryan Matson got a three-year commitment from the A's uh, after missing three years prior to 2015. Uh, but within that thin market, the the Royals are able to sign Joaquin Soria, bring him back into the fold, and, and again, yeah, it just it just kind of spoke to
0: just, uh, the level of
1: of uh, importance they they place upon that pen.
0: Yeah, and that, that's uh, you know they targeted uh, Joaquin very early. It's going to be a nice homecoming for him, and that's. You know, one of the cornerstones of how Dayton builds a team is uh, even when the Royals were pretty lousy from 2007 to 2012, uh, they always had a very strong back end of the bullpen, and that's been a priority since uh, Dayton got here. He just does not want to, uh, even when you're rebuilding, you know, you're not going to get that many leads. And when you do, he wants to make sure you hold on to them. And he's kept that philosophy throughout that, you know, this team is built on the bullpen first defense next and starting pitching third and, and, you know, whatever they get offensively is is great, but um, that bullpen is uh, is like I mentioned, one of the cornerstones of the team or probably the cornerstone. It's going to be that way again this year with the, with the signing of Soria. And interesting, too, as you know, Anthony, a lot of other teams are, you know, taking a look at that model and go, hmm, maybe we should start thinking about that because it's much more affordable than going out and spending, you know, $300 million on a starting rotation. Absolutely, and and
1: you know, it's gotten to the point where this doesn't sound weird anymore, but a few years ago what it would have sounded weird, teams trying to emulate the Royals. Uh, yeah. Big market teams uh, like the Yankees trying to emulate the Royals. It's a wild, wonderful world we live in. Um, you know, another thing, Jeffrey, I, you know, obviously bringing back Gordon was the big move in the outfield. Let's talk about a small one. Uh, the Royals signed Travis Snyder to a minor league deal. And, you know, this is a guy a lot of us have been – waiting for him to click uh he's still i think he's only 28 years old so you know timeline wise there's there's reason to believe it's still in there but this is obviously a you know a once very well regarded prospect uh, first round draft pick uh, a decade ago um it, it hasn't clicked for a full season he, he's shown some you know he's had moments here and there uh what's the outlook for him uh and how he fits into this roster
0: well, wouldn't it just be so royal like if he just, you know, like you say, clicks with them? I mean, that's just what they do. Um, you know, this scouting department has kept an eye on him through the years. You know, he's number four, number one pick. Um, you mentioned he, he, he's had a couple of good half seasons and, um, you know, they, they have a spot, you know, that's, you know, sort of semi open, if you want to call it that way, with, with Dyson in right field. We'll, will kind of do a soft platoon with, with Orlando and, um, they'll just have to see what Snyder brings him in the spring. You know, what if he has a breakout spring and just crushes the ball? And uh, like we, you know, some some scouts think he can. And uh, what if he were just to, uh, you know, grab the spot out there? I mean, it would just be, like I said, so royal-like to to have a guy like that who, it's a uh, you know very low risk, possibly high reward. That's that's how they do their business. You know, that's how they got Mattson. Um, you can kind of you can kind of put Kendris Morales in that group too. Nobody really wanted him last year, and he busts through and becomes the, you know, Edward, Edgar Martinez DH of the year. And, um, that's uh, a real credit to their, their scouting staff that they take chances on this. You know, there's really nothing to lose with a guy like Snyder, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, maybe they hit cold again. Yeah, they they've bought themselves a reputation where you really have to look hard at that non-roster invite list. Uh. Yeah, and Dylan G fits in there too. I mean, you yeah, know. Dylan G, uh, oh, David Huff, a former number one pick, John Lannon has had some success in the big leagues. Uh, Chen Ming
1: Wong, uh, yep. a, a name from from days past, of course. Uh, um, all guys, to, all guys, to keep an eye. But yeah, Dylan G would would definitely stand out to me among the pitching group uh, this would be a guy you, you could see slotting in that rotation at some point.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a guy that actually Dave Island, the pitching coach, brought up. Uh, right away uh, during the team's recent science that's because we were talking about potential it was after the candy signing and how the uh final two spots would come down to medlin young or or danny duffy and and he quickly interrupted to say don't leave out dylan g because he's a guy you know was he i think he was an opening a starter in 2014 and and the year before that he, he threw a bunch of innings had a really nice year so kind of got pushed out of the way by the by the young met stud pitchers but uh uh, he's, he's motivated and that's the type of sign again, the Royals really covet. Definitely. And uh, just, just to double back to where we started here with,
1: with uh, you know, the free agents, they uh, went into the winter and, and we expect them to lose many of those guys who we weren't so sure about Alex Gordon. Um, you know, sometimes it's lip service, the, the, the ties a player has to a team, but this is obviously not the case. This, you know, he having, Come out of Nebraska and, and been groomed in, in the Royal system, and, and of course endured those early ups and downs in his career, and, and a team that, that, that you know, stuck with him and, and found a way to make it work for him. It was great to see that that uh, relationship continue um, and, and continue for the foreseeable future. And this is a guy who's going to spend his entire career as a Royal, it
0: appears. Most likely, yeah, and, and really impressive too the way Alex was uh, willing to uh, do the contract and backload it so. Um, there was less money committed up front the next two years, so Dayton and, and his staff will have uh, a little bit more flexibility to sign more guys, which they did with Kennedy, and, and they'll probably do again next year. So um, it was really a, a great reunion for the Royals and for Alex, too. Uh, you know, he's four years, 72000000 million. He'll be set for life, and not that he probably isn't already, but, you know, that <laughs> will just add more to it. So, uh, But, you know, a very valuable guy in the clubhouse for sure.
1: Absolutely. All right. The defending champs, they will be reporting to Surprise Arizona very shortly. Jeffrey Flanagan will be there for MLB.com. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition.